Good morning, let's stand. Thank you for joining us this morning. For those watching online, we welcome you and thank you for joining. Let's say our vision. <laughs> we are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you that as we come before you, Lord, as we get into your presence, Father God, we just thank you for everything you have planned for us today, Lord. We come with an open heart, Lord. We come with our hands up, surrendering to you, Father. And we just thank you for a movement. Thank you that you are here and you will move in our midst. Lord Jesus, we thank you for everything that you continue to do here and everything you continue to do out there, Lord, for your glory, Lord. We just bless you this morning. We just worship you, Father God, and honor you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord.
to receive honor and glory and praise. We honor you in this house. We know that the battle belongs to you. <laughs> and that every day we live for you and you alone. And so you have the glory. You have the victory in our lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This morning we're going to partake together of the Lord's table. And so for a few moments you can have a seat. And so we'll be partaking together. The ushers will go ahead and serve you this morning. Good morning. God bless you. It's good to see you in the house of God this morning. For those watching, it's good to have you with us this morning. We welcome you to Sunday worship. Amen. Glory to God. You can stay there, team. Thank you so much for helping us worship this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. We can give them a God bless you. We're going to partake this morning of the covenant meal or the Lord's table. So when you receive the elements, you can hold it. We'll take it together, okay? Uh, those of you joining us online, you can go ahead and prepare your elements if you have them there. Uh, simple, you know, crackers, bread, juice, whatever you want. If you don't have juice, water is just fine. <laughs> Everybody has water. It's not about the elements. This is a symbol for us. It's about our hearts, and it's about putting ourselves in remembrance of what our Lord Jesus did on the cross for us. Amen? And so uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is where we typically go uh, for uh, this uh, ordinance that we're participating in this morning. And it talks about, uh, Paul is telling them here, For I pass unto you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why. He doesn't leave us hanging. He says, don't do that. But then he says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And it says, that's why many are weak and sick among ourselves, and even some have died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So let's just take a few moments. You know, maybe you didn't get everything just right this week. You know, things just have not, you just didn't follow the commandments of the Lord you know, the way we should. And so there's nothing to be guilty or, you know, you don't be guilty. And the, the word of God says, let not your heart condemn you. Because here's the thing. Jesus does not condemn you. We've got to know that. He's not, he did not come. It says in John chapter 3 that I did not come into this world to condemn the world. But I came that the world through me might be saved, okay? And so you've got to know that today you are not being condemned by Jesus. Your pastor is not condemning you this morning. 
I love you. You're my friend. You're my family. But we've got to take care of anything that's standing between us and him. You know how that feels. You go to pray and there's that thing. Oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> probably shouldn't have thought that. <laughs> you know. You know that thing. <laughs> and so let's just take care of it. It takes two seconds. You know, we get so hung up and complicate things. It takes two whole seconds to make yourself right with God again. I don't care how big or how little that thing was. But it takes two seconds. He tells us, come boldly, first of all. Come boldly. So we just come right in and we say, Father, I'm sorry. I messed up. I said that. I did that. Or I didn't do that when I should have. I thought that. <laughs> and you know my thoughts. And so I ask for your forgiveness right now. 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sin, you are faithful. Every time. You don't miss one time. And you are just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so right now, we receive our cleansing. And you receive it by faith. It's not something that you feel. You do feel better. You do feel better. Lighter. That thing is not in the back of your mind. But it's not by feelings. We just receive it by faith. And we say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. And I can't even say I didn't know it was wrong. <laughs> I knew it was wrong when I did it. The minute I said it, the minute I went there, the minute I did it, my heart was telling me, don't do it. But I did it anyway. So I can't claim ignorance on this. I know it was wrong. So forgive me for that. And I thank you for my cleansing. I thank you that I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, so I don't have to do it again. So, Holy Spirit, you keep talking to me, and next time I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. And right now, Holy Spirit, show me maybe the things that I didn't even know I did that was not right. Show it to me, and I'll repent of that too. I thank you. That forgiveness, that I need to forgive that person because that's, that's standing against between me and God. So I forgive them. I release them to God right now. I let them go free. And I go free. I do it right now in Jesus' name. And I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And then now you can partake of it worthily. He's already made you worthy. But it's your heart that tells you, oh, you're not worthy to even do this and participate in this. Maybe I shouldn't do it this morning. No. Yeah, you can do it. You just take care of it before we even do it. There's a song that we used to sing years ago at Rhema. And it, I, the words of it just kept coming into my heart, and I know the team doesn't know it. And Kev, I tried to find the the you know the chords for him, but he he couldn't. I couldn't find it anywhere. Can't find the song. It's like it doesn't exist. But it's in my heart, <laughs> and so I just want to sing it for you this morning. Just two choruses of it, and I want you to hear the words of it because I want you to receive it. Okay? Give me a, a G. Oh, the blood. That flows from Calvary, that same blood still flows for you and me. It's healing, it's life, whatever you need. Oh, thank you, Savior, you did it just for me. Now, here's the verse I like. He can bring that healing touch. 
He'll meet your needs. He loves you so much. Just keep your eyes on him. Don't let your faith grow dim. He's just the same. He'll never change because of Calvary. Amen. He loves you. He has that healing touch. But just keep your eyes on him and don't let the faith of God within you grow dim. So keep the word of God in your heart. Amen. So stand with me. Let's partake this morning together. I know we can multitask, stand, and do this together. We could do it. We could do it. We got this. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that we can remind ourselves of what Jesus did for us on that cross. And even leading up to the cross, the scourging, the beating. Oh, Father, we thank you for the love of Jesus who laid down his life for us and calls us friends, covenant friends. We thank you, Jesus, for doing that for us. And this, this wafer that we hold in our hands this morning represents your broken body, the body that was beaten and bruised so we can receive healing and health in our lives and wholeness. And so we break that this morning as a symbol of your body that was broken for us. And we partake of it this morning, knowing the provision, because you were beaten and bruised, we received healing. So we take it now by faith, and if there's anything in our bodies, our minds, anything that is not in working order, we command it to come into alignment with the blood and the body of Jesus right now. In Jesus' name, partake it by faith and thank him for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And we take the cup this morning, a symbol of the blood that still flows for us today. We thank you, Father God, that your blood, Jesus, was spilled out for us, poured out for us, and it flowed for us. And we thank you for the provision of forgiveness of sins. We thank you that we have been made right. We are made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And we take our position and our place in you this morning. You seated us together in heavenly places. And this is where we remind ourselves of the redemptive work, the complete work of Jesus. And so we receive it this morning. We thank you for the provision of protection, the provision of life that's in the blood. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory and honor for it. Partake it with thanksgiving this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Now lift your hands with me. Well, I know you have the elements in one. Lift your other hand. <laughs> and just thank him for it this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the body of Jesus. And we remind ourselves of you and your redemptive work. Because of you, we have something to look forward to. And you are coming soon. Oh, so soon. And so we thank you that we have that hope and that future because of the work that you've already done. You've already done it. You've already done it. We give you honor and glory this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. 
Uh, you can greet one another this morning before you're seated. Come on, tell, tell those on your right and left you're happy to see them. Great. Well, good morning to everybody. If you don't know me, my name is Christy Barrows, and I am going to present our announcements today. Um, so we just want to let you know that the Kingdom Couples Event sign-up is on the back table. Uh, the event is on September 18th. It is between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Um, if you need any more information about that, you can see uh, Mr. Craig or um, Ms. Nisha, Mrs. Nisha Barton. Um, Next Sunday, also keep in mind that we're going to have a photographer here in service with us. Um, he'll be taking pictures during the service. And also, if you'd like to give a short testimonial about the church and what God has done or is doing in your life, there'll be an opportunity to do that. And then also there is a sign-up sheet on the back table for our Christmas carol at uh, Providence Trinity Rep. So if you'd like to attend that, please make sure to sign up. That is going to be on November 27th. The cost per person is $100, which includes the bus ride and your entrance, your ticket into the play, um, and the gratuity. So if you'd like to um, sign up for that, please sign up. And also, we want to fill the bus, so make sure to tell your family, your friends, invite them to come along. And um, with that, we are going to give. Hello, Father's House Family Church family. Hello, family. This is Nation and I's glory story. God has just been doing some miraculous things in our lives. Yes. We felt very compelled to share what God's been doing in our lives and just want to give God the glory for all he's done. Um, I guess I'll go first. So, and with my job anyway, well, first of all, first, I think you have to be very faithful. I believe you have to be very faithful in obeying God's word, especially in terms of giving your tithes and offerings. It's not something you pay, it's something you give. Another thing is when you're faithful with the little things, God can bless you with great things, bigger things. But you have to show yourself faithful. But anything with it. Anyway, with that being said, on my job, after two years in my my uh, position, current position, you get a 14% raise on your salary, and I was looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm sure as any else anybody else was. I was too. Uh, <laughs> um, so the time had came and passed where it hit my two-year mark, and I was like, I'm not seeing my increase. I'm not seeing my pay increase. 
So, you know, I, I was working with my manager to, you know, see what was going on. I was like, I saw it in the system, but it wasn't connected to the paycheck. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, you know, going back and forth for like two months, honestly, because June, this past June hit my, no, July was uh, my two year, I believe it was. And, you know, we just kind of been working on getting that, you know, fixed basically. But anyway, after much after much back and forth, she um, came back to me and um, she said, "Glory be to God, you." She, she's a Christian too, so that's you know a little unusual, anyway. But um, she came back and said, instead of a fourteen percent increase, you're getting a twenty percent increase, and I was just so I was so excited, you know, because I was starting, you know. I started to like, where's my, where's my 14 percent at? Right. <laughs> and um, you know, God had it, God had it, so I would get 20 percent. And to explain the 20 percent, she said they had just passed a policy where starting now you're getting 20 percent. So because my actual 14 percent never showed up, I was now eligible for 20 percent increase. So I was just thankful for that. Um, and I gave God all the glory, and um, that's my glory story. Yeah, it was God that was holding it up so that you would. He wanted the 20% for you. Exactly. Um, so I was just, of course, I was just rejoicing with him, you know, 20%. <laughs> um, but also, uh, on my end, God's been moving. Many of you know, I went back to school. I felt very compelled by the Lord to do so. Um, and in doing that, it was a, a leap of faith of my husband and I decided we were not taking out any loans um, for this master's degree and so we're just gonna you know believe God that the finances are taken care of and so one of my uh, advisors at ORU rushed out to me and she said uh, we were talking about some classes and things of that nature but she rushed out to me and she said um, per our conversation um, I want to follow up with you about some grants now Mind you, we never spoke about grants on the phone. We were talking about classes. I don't know if she got me mixed up with somebody else. Um, but long story short, she said, here's a link. I want you to apply. I think you'll be a great candidate. And if you know anything about grants, that's money you do not have to pay back. Glory be to God. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try it out. And I submitted for the grant. They covered my complete balance and then fund. Sent me a refund. Again, this is a grant, not a, a loan. So I was rejoicing, I'm thanking God. And so now this semester, I applied for the grant again. I said, you know what, God blessed me last semester. I'm going to go ahead and try it again. So I applied for the grant again. They approved me. Last last semester, the amount was $2,700. This semester, the amount was thirty over $3,700. It covers my complete semester. And then she said, I'll have enough to put towards next semester as well. So God has been so faithful. And like my husband said, when you remember him, your tithes and your offering, he will be faithful to you as well. Those are our glory stories, yeah. and we can't wait to hear yours. God bless. God bless everyone. Bye. Good morning, everyone. Great testimony. Uh, when you put your, when you put the works to work, it works every time. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to give? If not, I can go back and sit down for a little bit. <laughs> so you can raise your hands and the ashes.
uh, give you the often entire envelope on your hand. All set? All right, thank you. Uh, Pastor Maria mentioned the past Wednesday service. She was uh, teaching on the law of priorities, the importance of tithing. She mentioned uh, that tithing is our protection plan and to always name your seed and be intentional about it. God will, God will protect our 90% after we give our 10 on, on tithing and anything above and beyond will be our offering. And from that comes our financial increase and freedom. Amen. Ecclesiastics 5.19 says, If God give us wealth and prosperity, let us enjoy them. We should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. It is a gift from God. Not only that God bless us with good and perfect gift, he gave us gives his willing and guide us to use them. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect present comes from heaven. It comes down from, from God, the creator of heavenly lights, who does not change or cause darkness by turning. Everything good and perfect blessings comes from our God. And he does not use darkness to teach us or straight us up as some people believe. God is light and there's no darkness in him. Amen. Proverbs 11:24. Some people spend their money freely and still grow richer. Others are cautious and yet grow poorer. Blessing it our measure comes when we give freely, not worrying about it or if you're going to have enough to meet our daily needs. But also do not be foolish. Spending it out God's direction. Uh, Proverbs 11.25 says, It is the Lord's blessing that makes you wealth, wealthy. Hard work can make you no richer. Apart from God's blessing, there's no wealth. God wants us to work smarter, not harder. Proverbs 11, 12, 11. Those who, who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. <laughs> God wants us to work with him in everything we do. Get God involved in what you do because he cares for us and wants us to be su successful in everything we do. And he does not want us to be chasing the worst fantasies that only cause us to be distracted and to be stumbled in the enemy's trap. On Psalm 37.4, seek your happiness in the Lord and he will give you your heart desire. Don't, don't expect God to give your heart desire if your happiness is on your job, your money, or anything else of this world. And thank you all for your faithful giving towards our roof and our goal of 500 each week. We do not have to give, we get to give, amen? Uh, let's stand in, please, we read the offering confession. Ready? Let's go. Uh, because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessings being poured out. Because we are sowers, 
We have furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing to our hands great big seed and moving forward in faith in every area of our life. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvest angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And please come to the front to release your tithing and offering. Now I'll hand it over to Pastor Maria so she can pray for the offering. Thank you, Mr. Ivan. Glory to God. As you give, we give cheerfully. Amen? Yeah, you can give him a hand. It's always nice and encouraging when someone is up here and you clap afterwards. You know, that's the only way they know. Hey, all right, they received it. <laughs> Sometimes when you look out and you're looking at stairs, you're like, is it going through? Is it getting there? <laughs> so it's good when you clap. Um, let me pray for the offering real quick. Yeah, let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for this time of giving. We look at it as an investment opportunity. And so as we invest in the kingdom of God, we thank you that the, the rewards are endless. And so we invest our time, our talents, and our treasures in the kingdom of God. And we thank you, Father, that you multiply the time, the treasures, and the talents that we sow, and we receive a harvest on it in Jesus' name. It's not just throwing money away, but we thank you that it will make an impact in the kingdom of God. We give you honor and glory for every single person who has sowed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Gant. Glory to God. If this is your first time with us here on a Sunday morning service, would you please raise your hand? Glory to God. Go ahead and give them a hand this morning. It's very nice to meet you this morning. Thank you for coming this morning. Hallelujah. So the guys had a good time fishing yesterday. They enjoyed themselves. Mr. Eric will talk more about that uh, next week. He's, he's doing the offering, so he's like, I'll talk about it next week. <laughs> so I won't spoil that, but they had a good time. They uh, caught a lot of fish, I noticed, in the, <laughs> in the pictures. And so I don't clean fish, so I'm like, please do not bring it home. I'll eat fish, love fish, but I ain't cleaning. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure those who got fish enjoyed it. God bless you. With the cleaning and the smelly house, I just can't do it. And so... <laughs> Uh, but they had a good time. Did you enjoy the glory story this morning? Do you see how easy it is to do that? Yeah. So I want you to do that too. So if you have a glory story under five minutes. So if you have a story that can take an hour, get it under five minutes. Get it under five minutes. Turn your phone on, your iPad, and just hit record. Make sure we can hear you. 
Make sure we can see you clearly. And then just send it to me. You can send it to me in Messenger. You can send it to our church uh, Facebook page in Messenger. And then we'll get it up there. I want more of these. It's one thing to get up here and stand up here and do it. But you hear so many voices, you know, so many things you tend to forget. When it's done in video, we can share it over and over again. And, and now we have a memorial, something to remember. So I want more of those glory stories. So we were going to set it up and where we do it professionally and you come here and we video. That just takes too much time. So Craig and Nisha gave us, I said, can you give us an example of what folks can do? And they happen to have <laughs> wonderful glory stories. And so they shared that with us. And so, like they said, we expect to hear more. So just at any time, turn it on under five minutes and send it to me, okay? Glory to God. Bless the Lord. I'm so excited about Jesus. Aren't you excited about him? I'm so excited about where the church of God is going. Amen. Now you may say, well, there's, have you not heard the news lately? Yeah, I've heard the news. We've had uh, lots of things going on in the news, lots of deaths lately on my timeline, uh, whether COVID, cancer, whatever it is, lots of deaths, lots of things happening. But you know what? There are good things happening too. And so you could choose to dwell on the bad things or you could choose to dwell on the good things. We give time and attention to those things that are bad, the, the rightful place they have. You've got to mourn the loss of a loved one or a relative. You, 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 you uh, cry with those who are crying. You rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And there is a time for that. But don't stay in that. Don't stay in it. Because then grief sets in and it brings you down a path that it's hard to come back from. And so you, you've got to surround yourself with people who are positive and who are speaking life, okay? Because right now there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> some matter, some don't. And so just, I caution you, uh, be selective in what you hear. Your ears are worth it. Your spiritual life is worth it to limit what you put in. Amen? You're worth it. You're worth it. Your life, your vitality, your strength is worth it. So be selective about what you let. You control that. That's an awesome thing. I can control what I let in. I have a lot of power, and so don't you. And so use your power to be selective about the things that you allow in because those are the things that are going to affect you. Amen? So get the word of God in. I, I, I prefer to get that in because that's what's going to give me strength. Amen? So the Holy Spirit and his gifts, <laughs> part six. <laughs> if you've, this is your first time with us in this series, you'll want to go back online and uh, listen to it. And I feel like my hair right now is like this big, like Tina Turner. <laughs> I feel like I can do rolling, rolling. I feel, I feel like my hair is so big right now. So bear with me this morning, okay? The more I talk, the more bigger it might get because I am hot <laughs> and humid in here. Okay. So you can never take yourself too seriously. I don't care how much you do your hair and you think you look good. Something will happen where it'll mess it all up. So I just, just say it so that way people know I know. I know. I know. Okay. So if this is your first time with us, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. If this is your first time with us, go back and listen to part one to five of this series because it will give you a clear path as to where we're going. We're answering some questions of what are the gifts? Why did God give them to the church? Uh, how do we make space or room for it? Why is it important that we do? And so uh, it's real important that we 
uh, uh, know that. And so that way we raise our level of knowledge and understanding. He tells us not to be ignorant, but not just that, but he tells us to raise our level of expectation. And to make space, when I know something and I expect it, now I'm like, okay, how do I position myself to be used by God in this way? And that's what we're doing. That's, that's what we're doing in this series. We don't have time to review, so you can go back online and look at it. Let's look at our foundation passage for this series, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Verse 7 says, and I'm sorry, I know I'm a fast talker. I, I know, I'm sorry. So I'm glad we have recording, we have all that. So just go online. I'm trying to honor your time. I look at the clock because I'm trying to honor your time. We do have a little bit of time. We usually go till about 11.15. So I should have plenty of time to finish this. And so this uh, part six. And so, but I try to honor your time. So I talk fast as I see the clock going. So just ask the Holy Spirit to help you listen fast <laughs> and then go online and listen to it again if you need to, if you miss something. It's hard to take notes when I talk. I know, I know. You get half the word and I don't repeat it. I've, I've heard. I'm learning. <laughs> it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Remember that. As he wills. Not something that you conjure up and bring on upon yourself. Now you can make space for him to do that. And you can expect him to do that. But it's as he wills. As the spirit wills. Okay. We're looking at each of the gifts and we're starting with the category of gifts we call the revelatory gifts. The revelatory gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. There are three categories of gifts, we said, the revelatory gifts, which we're talking about now, and then there are the vocal gifts and the power gifts. We're talking about the revelatory gifts at this time, and we see with the revelatory gifts that when any of these three gifts manifest through someone, there is a revelation from heaven of certain facts the person could not know by way of his physical senses. There is no way that individual could have known that. There's no way. Something is being revealed or shown to him supernaturally. It's not in his own mind or it's, it's not, hmm, he wasn't there, he wasn't present, he didn't know this was happening. We looked the last time we spoke on this subject at the word, uh, the gift of the word of wisdom. And we said that it's a fragment of special insight given by the Holy Spirit concerning the divine plan and purpose of God and that it always speaks of the future. It always speaks to the individual of what's coming, of the future, okay? Just like a word is part or fragment of a sentence, just like this series is part, this, this message is part of a whole series, just like 
I'm not giving you everything I know or that the word of God says about the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. Not, we don't have time. We would be here all day, two days, three days. There's so much in the word of God about it. But every time we come together, we get a little more insight. We get a fragment, a little more of the whole thing. And so that's what we're talking about when we say the gift of the word or fragment of wisdom. It's part of the wisdom of God that that individual needs at that time. Same thing with what we're talking about today. Remember, I talked about the word of wisdom. We gave that example that I received for Pastor Justin before he was put into that office. We only got little bits and pieces of it, but it, it helped to get him in that office uh, when the pastors told him, okay, you're going to uh, be, you know, we, we, we are looking at you as in the role of youth pastor. That's something that God, oh, yes. They didn't say, well, we have to think about this. They, it just it happened because they were prepared for it. The word of wisdom confirmed something for them. And so we are looking at each of these gifts, which are distinct. But remember, one source, the Holy Spirit, one source. So sometimes there's a, the different gifts when they uh, uh, manifest. You don't know which one is manifest. It's hard to tell sometimes. I use the example of Sister Shirley. Sister Shirley got healed. And people will say, well, did she get healed because the gifts of healings were in operation or because of working of miracles? Which one? I can assure you the thing that matters to Sister Shirley is that she got healed. <laughs> she don't care if it was gifts of healings. She don't care if it was working of miracles. She got healed. So we're not going to get legalistic about this. We're learning about it to increase our awareness. I feel I got to say that because I don't want us going around, oh, this was a word of wisdom, right? Or was this a word? No, we don't, you don't have to know that. Just know that it can happen. But the most important thing is the outcome. Here's what happened because of it. Sister Shirley is rejoicing because she got healed. So, and the power gifts are the gifts where that really happens. You don't know which, sometimes it's hard to know which one manifested. So today, let's look at the gift of the word of knowledge. This is the second in the category of the gifts, uh, the revelatory gifts. Uh, so it's similar to the word of wisdom in that it is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. That's what the word of knowledge is. I'll say it again. It is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. That is what a word, the gift of the word of knowledge is. It's a fragment, again, of knowledge. You can call it the gift of the word of God's knowledge. And you do that, you make that distinction so it clarifies it's not the individual. It's not his knowledge. He doesn't know this. It came from God. And so, and this is different than the knowledge you read in the word in Proverbs. It tells you to seek knowledge and, you know, and wisdom, like we said. This is different than natural knowledge and, and simple knowledge. This is the gift of the word of knowledge. It's a fragment of it. It's related to fact, the word of knowledge. If something is knowledge, it's no longer a mystery, right? Now it's known. It's a fact. And so uh, the gift of the word of knowledge deals with what exists 
right now, whether in the past or present. So it's not the future. The gift of the word of wisdom talks about the future. But the gift of the word of knowledge gives facts about what was in the past and what is happening right now. And we're going to look at some examples to clarify because you're like, well, then why does God need to reveal it if it's known? Well, we'll show you what that means. We'll show you what it looks like. And so uh, the word of wisdom was, we said it was a fragment of insight into the future plan and purpose of God. The word of knowledge is a fragment of insight into the past or present. These are facts that the individual doesn't know in the natural, wasn't in the room, didn't hear it, didn't see it, but it's being revealed to him by God, him or her, by God. And it's supernatural, supernatural knowledge. Remember, it's a fragment. God reveals what needs to be known for the situation. I use the example, and I like it. Uh, Brother Hagen used the example of a lawyer. Say, I have something that I need a representative, a lawyer to represent me, a case. So I call up the lawyer, and he gets on the phone with me. We have our consultation. He does not sit and tell me every single thing he knows about the law. I don't need to know everything he knows about the law. I only need to know what he knows about the law that pertains to my case. That's all I need to know. What do you know about this that I'm dealing with? I don't care how much more other things you know. Well, that is what it means when we say a fragment. It's just what you need to know for that moment. Okay? I like that explanation. It kind of clarifies it a little bit more for me. So anytime these gifts manifest, anytime God does anything, anytime he does anything, there's a purpose. There's a reason. He d he's very purposeful. That's why he wants us to be purposeful and intentional. He wants us to be that way because he is. That's how he created us. When we live without purpose, see, I always have to go there. When we live without purpose and intentionality, we are living under the way we're created. And so that's why people feel hopeless and lost and, I don't know, I'm stuck. Ever feel stuck? Yeah, because we're supposed to be intentional and we're supposed to be, uh, you know, have that... Uh, purpose in our lives and it's his purpose that we're here for and so uh anytime they god manifests there's a purpose and so we're going to look at some examples from the word of god of the gift of the word of knowledge last time we looked at acts chapter 9 paul's conversion when he fell off the, the horse on the way to damascus and the angel appeared to him and then he was laid up blind so, and god spoke to him god spoke to uh, another individual ananias and told him where exactly he was staying that was the word of knowledge and then said now go because i'm going to use him now he talked about his purpose that was word of wisdom and so this time let's look at first kings 19 verse 14. In verse uh, 14, uh, this is the prophet Elijah, and he says this, he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Such edifying chapter on a Sunday morning. So here, Elijah, the prophet, was discouraged. Anyone ever been discouraged? You could hear hopelessness in his voice. He's talking to God. 
He's being very honest with God. He's very bold in what he's telling the Lord. He's telling God because he's been in hiding, fearful for his life. The king and the queen are after him. He's telling God, listen, I'm the only one left. He's telling God the facts he knows to be true because he's been in hiding for a while, and he's like, last time I checked, these people, they killed everybody that's like me, the preacher, the prophet. And now they're all serving the idol Baal, all of them, every single one of them. So God says in verse 18, Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So God now is revealing to Elijah what he knows about the situation. How many of you know God knows much more than we do? <laughs> and so Elijah finds out that not only is he the only one left and that they haven't killed that while he was sulking, that God has raised up an army of 7,000 people that love God and have never bowed down to Baal. So God gave Elijah some insight of what was currently happening at that moment that Elijah didn't know because he was hiding out under a juniper tree. <laughs> the great prophet Elijah, who had been used by God, was hiding and discouraged. And so a word of knowledge came and got him out of discouragement. That's one way the word of knowledge can help us. When someone is discouraged, it can help us get out of that. That's just one way. That's just one opportunity for it. And so it encouraged Elijah. And God revealed that to him supernaturally. And then in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 9 to 12, a word of knowledge manifested as a warning. So let's read that. 2 Kings 6, 9 to 12. But immediately, Elijah, this is not the same guy. This guy came after. It's interesting how they have the same kind of name. Elijah, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. Do not go near that place, for the Aramaeans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elijah warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel all of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king. One of the officers replied, Elijah the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Good God. <laughs> Almighty. <laughs> He's telling him information. And so every time Syria planned to ambush the people of Israel, God would reveal that to Elijah. He was not in on the premises. He did not hear what the king was saying there in the natural, but he was in his own home and God revealed it to him. And because of that, a whole country was saved from danger time and time again. A warning that saved the country of Israel. So you see, there's another way that the word of knowledge comes and can, can be used. And so uh, look at the people, too. I'm going to tell you, look at the people who are being used. Uh, these were prophets, but it's, it's every Christian. God wants every Christian to function in the gifts of the Spirit. So another example, 
is found in 1 Samuel. We're not going to read that. Just write it down or just bring it up on your Bible app and read it later. 1 Samuel chapter 10. This one's kind of comical. It is uh, King Saul's inauguration. The wonderful Saul, the king, was going to be crowned as king. He was so scared and he, he just was a mess. He ran and he was hiding. <laughs> and in verse 10, unfortunately for him, Samuel the prophet prayed and God showed him exactly where Saul was. When it was time to put the crown on his head, they could not find this man. And Saul was very tall, head and shoulder above every man that was there. But they couldn't find him. Verse 18, God revealed to Samuel the prophet, he says, uh, he was hiding among the baggage in verse 22. He was among the luggage. So they found him. And they put the crown on his head. Now, to me, it's just me, that would have been a sign. <laughs> like, um, a king, and he's hiding among the baggage. You know, that's a sign, but they crowned him king, so he was king. And we saw what happened there with David. But uh, it helped <laughs> to find someone. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, I was thinking about this as I'm doing this. Now, I've heard and watched some shows on TV, and there's actually some people who are paid to do this, mediums who are paid to uh, tell people, the police, that kind of thing, where the dead body is, or where this is, or where that is. People pay money to go to fortune tellers. People pay money uh, to, for horoscopes and things like that. I'm just going to be very plain and blunt with you. A born-again, spirit-filled believer has no business, do you hear me? No business in the arena of the devil. Do you understand? We have no business going to the devil for information because the gifts of the Spirit only work, only work when a person is born again and filled with the Spirit. If the individual you are sitting in front of, ask them, are you born again and filled with the Holy Spirit? If they say no, run, run, because you are now giving place to the devil and he will accommodate you. He'll give you facts. He's got facts too. He'll give you facts. He'll tell you things. He'll give you all kinds of things. He'll string you right along. But I'll tell you, you never want to be in the room with someone who has given place to that when they die. It's the most ugliest death that someone could go through, a medium or a fortune teller, someone who gives their life because the devil comes for them. They sold their soul to him. So stay away from those things. I want to go to the Holy Spirit. He does the same thing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does the same thing. So why do we go to the world? Yeah, he's a counterfeit. Why do we go to the world? Go to God. Go to the Holy Spirit. And then stay in that arena. Don't go to the arena of the devil. Glory to God. All right, that was free. And so... <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so uh, let's see. Oh, we have a few minutes. All right, so John chapter 5, verse 30. We don't have time to read this whole thing, but you can look at it later. John chapter 5, verse 4 to 30. It's the story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, of the woman at the well in Samaria. Remember, Jesus told her certain facts about her life that he couldn't have known. He just met her. She came to get water, and Jesus was there, and, and you'll see in verse number 17, or in 16, he tells her, go get your husband. Simple, simple thing. Go get your husband. 
In verse 17, she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right. You don't have a husband. And the man you're living, you've had five. <laughs> and the man you're living with right now is not your husband. And so Jesus did not condemn her with those words. But when he said that to her and told him facts, told her facts that he wouldn't have known that he, because he never knew her. When he did that, it opened her heart to allow him to minister to her the way she needed to be ministered to. That word of knowledge just opened up her heart. So she knew God is interested in the intimate details of my life. And even though he knows what he knows, he still loves and cares for me. And so what that word of knowledge did was open her heart to be ministered to. And then she left her water jug. The main reason she was there, left, ran, and told. And a city was impacted because of one word of knowledge. Do you see? The word of knowledge can impact an entire congregation, an entire city, an entire nation just because of that one encounter, that one word of knowledge. One more example we'll look at. Acts chapter 10, verse 19. It says, Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Peter has a vision. He's on the rooftop. You remember the sheep, the animals that come down. And he's trying to figure out, what in the world was that? He's trying to figure out, what was this? What was this? I, I don't understand what he was saying, what, what the vision was about. So he was pondering that. As he was pondering, he heard, Three men are coming to knock on your door. And so he's, and go with them. He's like, oh, okay. So then at the same time, a man by the name of Cornelius was also praying. And he was giving his offerings to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him and said, send men to Joppa. It says it in verse, let's just read that verse. Uh, in verse 10, it's, or verse 5, the angel said, now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Verse 6 says, he is staying with Simon a Tanner, who lives by the seashore. When I first heard that when I was young, I'm like, this guy, that's what he did for a living? He was a tanner by the seashore? He must have looked really nice. No, a tanner is a leather maker, <laughs> just so you know. I had to look it up when I was young. So Simon the Tanner, so he told him where to find him. Where to find him, right? He told him where to find him. And so uh, Cornelius also had a word of knowledge about the exact location where Peter was. This is exactly where he is. He's right here. He's living with this guy. Uh, and, and go there and get him. Well, you say, okay, yep, that's fine. Well, look what happened as a result of this one word of knowledge to Peter and one word of knowledge to Cornelius. You and I are sitting in these seats, born again because of that. You're, huh? What does that have to do? That opened up the Gentile world to the redemptive work of Jesus. That one word of knowledge. A whole generation, a whole nation of people, because they thought it was only for the Jews at that point, that Jesus was only for the Jews. So we were able to come to Jesus because of that encounter with the word of knowledge, that manifestation of the word of knowledge. Amen? Now, I've been in a number of meetings uh, where uh, we know one, uh, one individual, I'll, I can uh, tell you, I'm not going to say her name, but she has, um, she's not ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, she's done a lot of studying. So her level of expectation is very high. 
And she's made space for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in her life and in her ministry. And it does very frequently. So you go to one of her meetings, you expect, you go expecting. Because you know she's made space for this in her life. And so she'll call someone up to the front and she'll say, well, God bless you. Very nice, very calm. God bless you. And every time she says something to someone, they're just blessed and encouraged by the end of the service. Now, I'm not going to say that every word she has is encouraging because it would get really quiet. And if you were living in sin, you are not looking and making eye contact with this woman. You're like, please do not come stand in front of me. And I've been in her service, and I've been in the wrong spirit. And I've just been kind of sitting there like, please, don't call me, don't call me, don't sit lower in my seat, you know, don't look at me, don't make eye contact, don't call me out, you know, because I was afraid of what she might say, because she would. Because remember, the gifts of the spirit can uncover sin, but it's not to leave you hopeless and discouraged and embarrass you in front of the congregation. No, the individuals that she would call up and it might be uncomfortable, you're kind of fidgeting in your seat and you're like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not that person. You know, but by the end of it, they're smiling, rejoicing because there's always a way out. There's always, okay, you're going through this right now and you're doing this, but you shouldn't, but here's what's coming for you if you'll repent. And that next day, when we go to the next meeting with her, that person's up there testifying. Yeah, I was doing this, you know, and God blessed me with the, with the, he warned me, and now I know I don't need to do, and I'm just, she's had amazing things happen. One of the things, I, I've talked about it before, uh, someone was involved with cutting. You know where that comes from, right? The madman of Gadara in the Bible. He was cutting, he was a cutter. And so uh, he, uh, the girl was cutting herself, uh, all through high school and stuff and had many scars on her arms because of that. And so she was in the meeting and the woman called her up there, didn't know her, didn't know her at all. First time she ever saw her, called her up there and prayed with her and, and said, you know, you've been through some things and, and reveal that, you know, let me see your arms because you've been, you've been doing some things. And the girl's like, how does she know? She always wore long sleeves. So she showed her her arms. And then what came after that was the working of miracles. She put her hands on her arms and those scars disappeared. And she said, even those scars are going to be gone and you'll not have to look at them and be reminded anymore of what you have done and what you, of your past. And so the girl looked down and she's like, oh, gone. Working of miracles. You give place for it. Now, that's not how we live from day to day. I need this. God doesn't want us to need a miracle every day. If we'll get in his word, he'll show us how we don't have to need it. We can live a life with health and healing and prosperity and all of that. We can do that so we don't require that. But it's a calling card for those who, who need it. And he, he'll help us. He'll help us. If he sees that we need that help, he will. It's as the spirit wills. Amen. So it may not be always uh, encouraging right at the beginning, but remember, if a word of God comes to you, it's not going to leave you discouraged and hopeless. So if it does, that's not from God. If it leaves you encouraged and built up and strengthened and you go, okay, yeah, I know it was hard and I need to make some changes though, it confirms what you already know. You already know you need to make changes, but he gives us that mercy and that grace to be able to make changes and to be better tomorrow. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. So that is the gift of the word of knowledge. It's a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit concerning facts, fragment of it, 
facts in the mind of God. And we saw different ways that it uh, manifested and for different purposes. It can come through prayer. It could come through a vision. It could come through different ways. Study it. Get in the word of God. Look, anytime you see those things operate, now you can say, oh, there's a word of knowledge. Okay, how did that happen? Who did it work through? Every Christian. God wants us to function in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Next week, we'll look at the discerning of spirits, which is a very interesting one. Go ahead and stand with me. I hope you received this morning. I hope you received. Hallelujah. Last week, when we were praying for uh, the, the educators and the students, uh, we had a word come forth to one of the educators. I don't even remember all of the word. I remember some that came. And so uh, on Wednesday, she talked to me about it and she said, I so thank you for that because that word has kept me grounded in a decision that I've made that I wasn't sure if it was the right decision. Do you see how God puts it all together? That's why it's important to come to church because we can miss out on some of those things, right? But if you're there, God may say, call that person out. You tell them this because they've been struggling with this or whatever it is. It can happen. Expect it to happen. Amen. Make space for it to happen in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and his gifts. We thank you that you trust us with the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're just increasing our level of awareness and our level of expectation concerning them. And so we may 